0: wellnesscoach.com streaming wellness into your life welcome to wellness women radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health work and play dr ashley bond and dr andrea huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life oh lovely ladies welcome back to another episode of wellness women radio i'm ashley And I'm Andrea. And today we are going to uh, get into a fantastic topic, but first, Andrea's got some exciting news to share with you.
1: Oh, ladies, we have just come off the Wellness Summit, which was the huge event in Melbourne over the weekend. Um, And really excitingly, we were the recipients of a really prestigious award. Um, So we have just uh, been nominated and won the fastest growing podcast on the Wellness Couch which is pretty incredible. (laughs) Um, So the uh, statistics were incredible. We've had something like 240% growth, um, which is just phenomenal. And we are so, so grateful because the only reason that this has happened is because of our amazing listeners, which are you and sharing it with your friends, sharing it with your girlfriends. And we made this podcast for you and, you know, for all the incredible women out there. And we have had such a great time doing it. And this sort of just affirms that we know that we're on the right track. Um, So thank you to all of you who voted for us, uh, who, you know, went and did the Facebook poll. And also thank you so much to all the ladies that we met oh and the guys too, (laughs) that we met on the weekend at the Wellness Summit. Um, We had a great time on stage on the Sunday morning. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't there on the Saturday. I, I had a friend's wedding um, that I couldn't miss. So I took the red-eye flight. I landed at 5.30 in the morning on um, in Melbourne. Uh, we were on stage at 8.45. Uh, it was pretty crazy to be there. I went against all my advice at I give to, you know, all my patients every single day about sleep and taking really good care of yourself, but it was for a very good reason. Um, we loved meeting you all. We loved being there for all of you who missed out. Um, we're really sorry about that. Uh, and hopefully we'll see you there next year. Um, cause we'll definitely be back again. So, um, ladies, thank you so, so much. We're so grateful for that. Um, but that is enough of a wrap-up on the Wellness Summit right now. Uh, Ash, let's talk about the what we're going to talk about today. Oh, look, this is a fun one today because we realised we hadn't done a topic on
0: this one and uh, it's about time we got into breasts. And, you know, look, boobs, tits, knockers, jugs, hairbags, <laughs> boobies, cans, puppies, the girls, the twins, whatever you want to call them, each one of us women needs to look after them. And whether you're a 6AA or a 14G, it doesn't matter, or if you're anything in between, um, it's just so important that we don't ignore these beautiful lumps of tissue on the front of our chest because it's so easy to just stick them in a bra and forget about them or curse them because, you know, they're too big or curse them because they're too small. As it's about time we get in love with our breasts.
1: Yeah, I love that. And this is, funnily enough, a part of our body that we haven't actually really focused on at all yet over the, you know, almost 50 episodes that we've done, and they're such an important part of our body. Um, I think it's really interesting that culturally we have sort of shifted to treat our breasts with such fear and trepidation. So if you think about the way that we think about breast health, we're always um, doing breast exams or, or thinking about our breast health or going for a diagnostic test for our breasts because it's always with some sort of fear-based mentality like they're ticking time bombs, right?
0: Yeah. And I think unfortunately for a lot of women, the word breast is almost synonymous with the idea of breast cancer. Yeah, and, exactly. And, you know, instead, they're, you know, we look at them and, and they're life givers. They're, they're supporters and nurturers. They provide milk for a newborn. They're they're absolutely incredible tissue. If you just look at the anatomy of them, they're amazing. And, I um, mean, just, just the way they're layered and the blood vessels and the fatty tissue and the ducts and everything that's in there, um, breasts really are just a miracle. And, you know, uniquely, here's a quirky fact for you, but among all the primates, humans are the only ones who have permanent breasts. and they're still Yeah, that's know, fascinating. It is, and they still don't know exactly why that is because all other primates grow breast tissue in accordance with the um, hormonal needs that are triggered by pregnancy. So, you know, apes and and primates will grow breast tissue in accordance to the need to nurture a newborn. And, you know, and here we are
1: as humans, we've got them on our, our chest all day long. So, And um, there was was certainly change with those requirements as well. Uh, It's funny, I've got a couple of friends who are pregnant at the moment and they've just got really excited because their pregnancy boobs have come in, which I think is hilarious. So they've just noticed, um, you know, some expanding breast tissue, which they're really happy about. If Um, they're not complaining about them feeling like cut glass or cheese graters, you know, like when they're so greatly
0: painful. So, yeah, Yeah, I think, uh, ladies, it's about time we have a, a conversation and we start breaking away this idea that breasts are something to be scared of, that we are checking them every month in case we have cancer, Uh, we need to start looking at some lovely nurturing self-care rituals that will ensure really healthy breast tissue. and It has the opportunity and I guess the potential to also potentially reduce the risk of breast cancer by using some really, um, I guess, quality self-care practices.
1: Oh, beautiful. Um, And I really want us to shift away from that mentality that our breasts are either for feeding babies or growing cancer. Yeah, 100%. Um, That's something that we really, really have to shift. Um, And I love uh, if you've ever read or seen any of uh, Dr. Christian Northrup's work, um, she talks about how women will perform their monthly breast exam with almost like a search and destroy mentality. So as if you're each, each month you're, you're feeling around your breast in the shower, if you're actually performing a breast exam at all, but you're, you're doing it for a purpose. you you're, it's like a ticking time bomb. Is there cancer there? Is there cancer there? As if, you know, our our fingers or our hands are are sensitive enough to feel the differentiation (laughs) between all sorts of things. And a lot of women don't even know what time of the month to perform the breast exam, how to do it properly or what they should even be looking for. So let's talk about a couple of those things as well. And I'm, I know that most women will realise throughout their cycle that their breasts will change and our breast tissue and our hormonal changes will actually Whatever is happening with our, our uterus and reproductive organs, those hormonal changes are also mirrored within our breast tissue as well. So you'll notice that in that premenstrual period, uh, most women's breasts will enlarge a little bit. They'll feel a little bit fuller um, and will retain a bit more fluid. They might even feel a little bit more lumpy as well. And most women um, feel that and become quite disturbed by that, but it is a really normal change um, and a very normal cyclic change. And it doesn't with by any stretch of the imagination increase your risk for breast cancer at all so just keep that in mind
0: yeah definitely and look there's a lot of different conditions that can cause nodulation or inflammation of the breast i mean women may have heard things like mastitis um, particularly nursing mothers have increased Mm -hmm. risk of that that's very different though and that's you know obviously get yourself a check from your gp if you want to and just confirm you know what it is you're finding or or to rule out any concerns you might have but in the absence of anything that's you know pathological or or nasty um, it's just so important to know what normal breast tissue should feel like and also some of the reasons why say a ritual like daily breast massage is so beneficial for the health and well-being of Mm the breast tissue and really comes down to uh, the lymphatic function in and around the breast there was something really interesting that um, there was a, a French study and they looked at a, a follow-on of women uh, for 15 years and they studied the breasts and, and measured all the things about them and, you know, their nipple height and any drops and sags and all the rest. And really what they found was that bras make breast tissue or breast sag. And I was like, what? So, you know, ladies, before you go burning bras and things like that and throwing it off and saying, see, I told you so, let's just have a chat about some of the reasons why that might be. I mean, this this study looked at, Women who wore bras for twelve or more hours a day, um, it was found to have a one in seven risk of breast cancer, and those who wore them rarely or never was one in one hundred and sixty eight. And so straight away, like your brain goes, "Whoa, that's a big difference." We shouldn't be wearing bras, but there's some really interesting, you know, hypotheses around that, and the underlying hypothesis is that because of the way most of us women wear bras we generally fit them quite tight Mm -hmm. um, and they generally restrict some degree of the lymphatic tissue function around the breast, that stagnation, that inability of the breast tissue to remove toxic byproducts away from the breast tissue may be an underlying cause as to why you could increase your risk of breast cancer. So, let's talk about some ways we can get some, I guess, improved lymphatic function around the breast.
1: Yeah, perfect. Um, and one is simply, um, like you mentioned that, she's actually doing a bit of a self-care ritual where you're doing breast massage. Um, and you can start this by doing it in the shower as part of your daily care ritual. Um, make sure you're not using any chemical or toxic um, you know, shower gels or anything like that when you're performing the ritual. And one thing that I love to encourage women to do is when you start the exam, like, you know, your little breast check or your, your self-care massage there, imagine that your hands have super healing powers and that you're doing it with loving intention rather than going on this search-and-destroy mission, right? Yeah. Um, and the best time of the month to do this as well, if you're only doing it once a month, is certainly as soon as the menstrual period has finished, because then uh, you're at less of a chance of having um, some of the the cyclic uh, nostalgia or some of the breast lumps or the, the fibrocystic lumps in your breast there from the hormonal changes that go with your period. Um, so you can start um, imagining your, your little fingertips or your hands there have those healing powers um, and make sure that you're really comfortable when you're doing this. Um, once you get good at doing it in the shower and you get good at feeling the different parts of your breast. Um, it's so funny, I'm sitting here like, you know, <laughs> doing <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, I'm so as you explain it you just
0: you know just yeah. just, just talking yeah. your way through what you normally do though that's i think that's the best way that's uh you know that's that authority when you when you do it often enough it's just such a normal ritual and and we don't want women to be shy or embarrassed about this this is something yeah. that um because you know for so long our most i would say most girls when they first developed breasts were embarrassed by them this goes right back to our teen days when we first started to have some breast development we want to hide them we want to you know keep them as small as possible straight away putting on trainer bras or sports bras to try and hide them under your school uniform um you know embarrassing because teenage boys are all four breasts and they you know will tease and often ridicule the girls that that show larger development early on i know that was definitely something i witnessed at my schools mean um, posture girls at school tend to roll their shoulders inwards and forwards because it yeah, hides absolutely. the breast so right from the get-go, we most women were embarrassed about their breasts. And here we are as adults, and we're still sort of semi-squirmish about feeling our breasts because, you know, like, that's weird. You shouldn't be doing that. You know, like, rubbish. Ladies, you've got to be so in tune with your body. And um, and to do that, you need to just learn to put your hands on. It, it shouldn't be shameful or embarrassing. Don't be shy about it. Um, this is you. This is your incredible body. You should be so proud of it and so amazed by it. And we really want you to just love every you know square centimeter of your body because, I mean, let's just look at what the breast is doing for us. we talked about the lymphatic system in mm-hmm. Ayurveda, they call this the river of life. I mean, what a powerful description for something, and it's a one-way system of vessels that runs through the entire body. Now, interestingly, the run the fluid that runs through um, your lymphatic system called lymph. It travels through, and it's you know it's got. Um, an ability to destroy disease-causing pathogens and microorganisms, and the difference is the circulatory system has a series of pumps and chambers. The lymphatic system has no pumps, so it solely relies on movement to keep things moving along. And this is why, if for no other reason, even if you're skirmish about touching your boobs, start thinking about how are you getting fluid moving through your chest and through your breasts. It only happens through movements, and if you have those girls tied up in a bra all day long, then there's less movement happening in that tissue. Self-massage is a powerful tool, and that's just something, I mean, that's such a great thing to do. I love using essential oils as well.
1: Yeah, perfect. You know? I like using organic coconut oil just because it's so easy. I can go from the kitchen to the bathroom with it. Um, and Except ladies, when it's hard. You know, when it's hard, it's it's. Oh, yeah. you put know uh, your wait oil until solidifies. it tries to melt down on your skin <laughs> with chunks <laughs> all dropping all over the floor. So done that many times. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and one thing that you can do is that might make it a little bit easier is lying down flat on your back, put one h- hand up behind your head, the um, the the hand the side that you're going to examine, um, or I should say, uh, what would be a better word for that? You know, do a loving massage of your breast tissue and then use the flat part of your fingers, not your fingertips, to start to feel around your breast tissue because our fingertips are so sensitive that you're going to feel every single tiny lump and bump and every single... Little duct, which is going to freak you out if you're not used to feeling these things. Okay, so start with the flat part of your fingers. um, And once you're lying on your back, it actually flattens the breast tissue against the the ribcage and it makes it a lot easier to feel things. Um, I find it easier if you almost um, split the breast up into four quadrants and then feeling each quadrant starting from the outside in towards the nipple. But don't forget to go underneath the armpit along the lymph nodes along there and down towards the breast as well. And then having a good feel around the nipple area as well. Um, and this should be something that is, feels good um, and it shouldn't be doing with fear or trepidation um, because think about the energy that's creating for your poor breasts as well.
0: Oh, and look, while you're saying feels good, I have to share with you a crazy fact about that because, um, you know, I was absolutely, um, oh gosh, i brought a big smile to my face when I read it because some women can actually achieve an orgasm through nipple stimulation. And it's like, what? Wow. And that's because there's a part of the brain that responds to the receptors in the genitals and in the breast tissue, the nipples that uh, signals orgasmic effects. So just for a bonus, some ladies might actually really enjoy this. And you
1: shouldn't be ashamed of that either. <laughs> oh, I think that's incredible. I am of those women who are able to do that. So I think that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, so ladies, there's another thing to think about when we talk about breast health. And it's something that we do every single day. Well, Most of us do every single day apart from wearing a bra. And that is used deodorant. And it's something that I really want to stress the importance of this because there is a lot of compelling research that supports the link between antiperspirant deodorants and some of the ingredients in those and an increased risk of breast cancer. Um, Now, uh, there's a whole bunch of different websites that you can go to that will support that link. Um, How if you go to any of the sites from, say, the Cancer Councils or um, the National Health Institute, they will, of course, refute a lot of these, but. If we just think about this logically, any antiperspirant deodorant um, and, and typically the antiperspirant compounds are things like aluminium-based compounds. So this is a heavy metal that is in something that we're putting under you know, our arms that's being seeped into lymphatic tissue as well. So these um, base compounds actually create plugs in the sweat glands under our arms to stop the flow of the sweat, to the skin surface. That's why they're antiperspirants. So if we're stopping a process that our body does naturally, so that sweating is part of our natural detoxification, right? If we're stopping that, think about what's happening to the, the sweat that and all of the toxins that are trying to come out through those glands. They're going back under the skin and into the surface as well. Um, so aluminium is one thing that we need to be careful of, and it also, there's a link between that and it being an endocrine-disrupting um, chemical, Um, and it has xenoestrogen-like effects. And we already know that these will increase your risk of of breast cancer as well. Another thing that they find in um, chemical deodorants are parabens. And this is a a preservative that they put into deodorants. It's really easy to identify these on your labels because it'll be something like methylparaben, uh, propylparaben, benzylparaben. So just have a look on your ingredients list to see if they are actually in there. and. There is a strong study. There's, you know, strong research that shows that parabens actually build up in breast tissue. There was actually a study that was performed in 2004 um, that found parabens in 18 out of 20 samples of um, female breast tumours. So they took out the the breast tumours. They looked at the contaminants in that, and parabens were found in that. So we need to make sure that we're keeping those sorts of products well away from our underarms that can seep into the breast tissue and into our lymphatic system as well. Um,
0: Yeah. And look, ladies, don't be fooled. It's not just in your deodorant. So, you know, looking for pyramids and aluminium, these are in cosmetics, they're in shampoos and conditioners, they're in body care products, they're in moisturisers. And you've got to remember that your lymphatic system and perspiration is a way of removing toxin from the body. And we've only got a few ways to do that. We've got that through our digestive organs, which will remove it through elimination in urination and feces. It'll be breathed out through our breath. Mm -hmm. It'll be sweated out through our skin. And uh, potentially, if there's something really harmful, we'll actually vomit out as well. So these are natural elimination processes and- Whilst it's really unpleasant to have body odour, um, the better question to ask is rather than how can I stop the sweat, what's causing the body odour? Yeah. Okay. Yep, that's a great and that's question. Often more to do with bacterial imbalances and, um, you know, microbiome imbalances, and your body's pushing out um, smelly byproducts, which is giving you a, a smelly sweat. So, you know, and that then comes down to diet and lifestyle changes rather than just trying to plug up the, the, the pores to stop that, uh, that sweat happening. Does that make sense? So hopefully, you, know, you guys listening, I know you're such an informed bunch and you, you've been listening and tuning in and learning a lot, but we've really got to get away from this idea that our body is stupid and flawed and that each thing that it does has got a really intelligent reason for doing so and we've got to try and stop preventing that elimination. Instead, we've got to support the body's natural function. And
1: there is a, a normal, like, musk, I guess, that normal sweat smells like on, on clothing and on your skin. Um, and, you know, if you're working with people, that might be something that uh, is not something that you need. <laughs> uh, especially, you know, Ash, we're working with patients, we don't want to be smelling, right? No, absolutely um, but, not. But, but you can make be- your own amazing mm-hmm. deodorants too. Exactly. Um, now I haven't tried that yet, but I do use an organic um, deodorant that doesn't have any nasties in it. I'm happy to put links up to you know what that product is. It's like a has a beautiful pomegranate um, smell, um, which is made from I think essential oils, uh, which is lovely. And I find that I use it once and then you know, that's it. And I still sweat. Um, It's definitely not an antiperspirant at all.
0: No, but you don't smell. I think that's the the key to because I'm the same as you. I also use an organic-based deodorant um, by a brand called Organica. And I I love the lemon myrtle fragrance because it's really fresh. um, And it's so Australiana as well. I just love that. But the same deal. It doesn't stop me sweating. So yes, you still get damp. So if you're wearing really tight-fitting shirts, unfortunately, we don't have an answer for you as to how you're going to eliminate possibly sweat patches on the armpits. But... If you're wearing loose-fitting clothing, you will sweat, but you won't smell. And so, you know, we encourage you to go into your local health food store, have a little look at what's on the shelf there. If you're not sure, ask the person that's serving to give you some ideas, you know, what they think is best, what works. Don't be surprised if you don't get the perfect match first time around because I can tell you I've probably tried a dozen different deodorants until I found my perfect match. And yeah, then me too. From there on after, I've continued to use the same brand over and over again because I guarantee it works for me. Um, and I've also used a crystal deodorant as well, which is, you know, a crystal rock salt that you put a little bit of water on. And I found that really effective. But, you know, you've just got to find what works for you. This is about how we look after our breast tissue by not adding chemicals into the very close proximity of the breast. And that means that your deodorant really does matter. So if you take nothing away from today, you're going to go home and you're going to go and find yourself a chemical-free deodorant. And
1: uh, ladies, this is true for our the gorgeous men in our life as well. because oh, yeah, absolutely. Have And I'm sure we've all seen an increase, um, especially in the media, of them talking about the increase of breast cancer for men as well. Mm. And if we purely think about the effects of antiperson deodorants that are increasing our estrogen-like properties in our body, so those endocrine-disrupting hormones, xenoestrogens that are blocking up the, um, the lymphatic tissue there and the sweat glands – this is also affecting men. So get rid of your your husband or your partner's antiperspirant deodorants as well. Um, one thing I love about Dean, uh, he actually doesn't wear deodorant ever, oh, wow. um, which I just find amazing. And you know what? He never, ever smells. So diet and lifestyle probably has a big factor for him there. Yeah. Oh, we're working on his diet. But, <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but no, that's I- a great one. So, you know, we see those ads on TV for links and everything. And I know some women, you know, go wild for the smells of some of the men's spray deodorants. But what I want you to change your thinking is instead of thinking, oh, wow, sexy, start thinking chemical time bomb. Like when yeah. you smell that, that, that you know, chemical fragrances, you need to be thinking, whoa, that's a chemical time bomb. Don't think it's awesome, sexy, amazing. Start thinking, wow, that's, you know, not cool at all. You should be fully in love with um, the fragrances of like sandalwood and cedarwood, some of these really natural essential oils that men can use as fragrances that's real sexy. <laughs> you know, I sort of say that, you know, it's it's the natural fragrances that should be really attractive to us because they're not chemicals. And are they not only affecting men's health, they affect women's health as well. So, we don't want to be staying in a room when a man is spraying his, his deodorant or leaving all that spray lingering in the air in the bathroom because you're inhaling them and they're xeno hormones. We don't want these things affecting our chemistry in our body. So, ladies, yeah. make sure that, uh, yeah, you restrict your access and exposure to those chemicals what else can we do? We've, we've, we've gone on, we've made a really, really clear point here that we're really concerned about the uh, the chemical deodorants. We really, really, really want you girls listening to switch over. It's not just a, when you're ready, it's like, do it today kind of importance. Um, yeah. There's a couple of other things we can do to make sure we look after breast tissue. I mean, geez, ladies, if you're smoking and you want to have good looking boobs, the science says that smoking causes saggy breasts so why is that it damages collagen and elastin so it doesn't only just damage that uh, on your face which increases your risk of wrinkles in the face it also causes saggy breast tissue so if you're still smoking there's another good reason to quit um, yeah, get get away from the cigarettes because they're damaging your skin and your health in general. Not just to mention the you know
1: skin and breasts, it's lungs and every other cell in your body. So if you're yeah. still smoking, quit absolutely. Just remember the aging that smoking does to your face is also doing it to the rest of your body as well, including yep, destroying that collagen and giving us saggy boobs, and no one wants that. No. Um, <laughs> we've talked about sweating um, and deodorant, but sweating is actually you know part of that detoxification for our body. So helping to have actual healthy breast tissue is to sweat it out. And regular exercise is actually medicine for our breasts. So it helps to detoxify. It also helps to decrease the amount of estrogen that affects our breasts as well. Um, And women who exercise regularly have a 30% decreased risk for breast cancer. How incredible is that? Yeah, that's 30% decreased risk just from exercising. But if we want nice boobs, we need to make sure we're wearing a supportive
0: sports bra because some studies have shown that those boobs can travel eight inches uh, up and down. Um, (laughs) You're so
1: full of fun facts Oh, look, I I was just
0: so, you know, into finding these cool facts about the boobs. And I thought, yeah, you know, why not? We need to know that uh, we all have them. They should be not just serious, but we should have a little bit of fun about them too. Um, You know, the boys love them, so we
1: should love them too. Um, now, one thing that we just cannot move away from talking about every single episode, and that's the food that we eat, um, because uh, a high glycemic diet, um, so a diet that's really high in processed carbohydrates, sugars, all of those sorts of things, is a well-documented risk factor for breast disease and breast cancer as well. So, high blood sugar, which you know we're getting when we're eating too much sugar, increases our risk of insulin resistance, which leads to you know syndrome X or metabolic syndrome. Um, increase our risk for diabetes, but also breast cancer as well. Um, So we need to make sure that we're sticking to the lower GI foods, um, things that don't increase our inflammation in our body and that don't um increase our estrogen dominance as well so staying away from soy based products um staying away from non organic red meat as well because remember that um commercially raised uh, red meat it's definitely ha- is higher in those toxic e- estrogens and alcohol as well ladies is shown to increase our increase uh, there's the in estrogens as well um making sure that you're reducing any of the inflammatory markers in your body as well. So those are, you know, the things that we talk about every week. So that's the wheat and the gluten, um, dairy products, sugar. I know we might sound like the fun police, but these are timeless things for a reason. Um, and we know that that this is absolutely going to affect how our body works. And remember that our breast changes are also very hormonally driven as well. So if you're finding that you're getting a lot of nostalgia before you, your period, so a lot of breast tenderness and lumpiness and pain, have a look at the foods that you're eating. Is there lots of things there that are going to increase your body's inflammation because they're the same chemicals, the prostaglandins and the cytokines that increase the breast tenderness that also gives us period pain as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's also, you know, increasing uh, nutrient-dense foods, making sure you're getting plenty of good essential fatty acids and antioxidant-rich foods. Um, as much as you can buy organic foods because that helps you avoid genetically modified and harmful chemicals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, like you said, avoid those processed sugars and simple carbohydrates. Both of those things create increased inflammation in the city states in the body. So, ladies, really quite simple, isn't it? Back to whole whole real foods, cut down on the sugars and carbohydrates, increase green leafy vegetables and lots of whole, whole good food vegetables, um, good quality meats, organic. I think that's really the key. And that's, you know, this is inside out health again. So your breasts are not uh, just sitting on the top of your chest there. They're an effect of all the choices that you make. So make good mm-hmm. choices
1: um one thing that has been really well documented um in clinical research as well to have a very protective effect is actually good vitamin d levels so ladies we need to get outside in the full sunlight um as little clothing as possible um no sunglasses no sunscreen um in the full sunlight of the day for you know 10-15 minutes um and if, if you can't do that, definitely have your vitamin D levels because so many women are deficient in vitamin D. Um, depending on where you're from will depend on um, the actual measuring markers that they use. So we might actually post this on social media so that, you know, if you're from the U.S. and the, the Northern Hemisphere, sometimes we use um, different units to, to measure what our vitamin D level should be. Um, but it certainly shows that, that women with optimal vitamin D levels have a much lower risk of breast cancer. And these are really, really simple things. So exercise, getting sunlight, taking a vitamin D supplement if you need to, um, having nutrient-dense, good-quality foods. Um, You can also increase your cruciferous vegetables because remember, these help your liver to detoxify any of the xenoestrogen effects. Um, And these are your your broccoli, um, cauliflower, uh, kale, spinach, um, Brussels sprouts, all of those sorts of things. Absolutely. And avoid harmful chemicals in your beauty products.
0: Um, support and move your lymphatic system using some lovely self care rituals like breast massage. Using essential oils, coconut oil, things that also moisturise the skin tissue because it's very thin skin there. It is more prone to getting dry and flaky. So um, don't be afraid to put some lovely, uh, you know, whole moisturisers onto your breast tissue. Um, practice breast self-exams. Um, you know, just create a ritual out of that. Don't be scared. You're not looking for lumps and bumps. You're actually just enjoying, you know, the natural flow of lymphatic function through your breast So really, it's a it's a therapeutic effect on that breast tissue as well. So that should give you heaps of ideas today on how to look after and love your breasts. Um, I mean, look here. I'll finish out with just one more fun fact. Most women have different size boobs. Okay, so your left one and your right one are often different. And, interestingly, 65% of women have the left size is larger. So, if your left foot is bigger, that puts you in the basket with 65% of other women. So, uh, don't find that as unusual or abnormal. Most women have different sized breasts.
1: And you may notice that when you're, you're doing your self-checks and massage. And uh, don't freak yourself out by going to Dr. Google and reading about um, breast asymmetry. There is some uh, information that states that women with asymmetrical breasts uh, have a much higher risk of breast cancer. It's completely false. Um, So don't let that freak you out.
0: (laughs) Yes. And look, Clear out blocked energy. Stress, reduce your stress, you know, stop holding on to things. These are also things that sit into our reproductive organs. You know, there's a lot of emotional states that can create or potentially cause um, problems with our reproductive organs, including, including breasts and, uh, and our pelvis as well. So just learning how to let go of things, you know, let go of anger, resentment, fear, frustration, and uh, moving in a state of flow, just getting to, to love your body and accept it as it is, big, small, lumpy, bumpy, uneven I mean some women unfortunately and sadly have had to have um, mastectomies love every scar on there it's a survival story it's a thrival story so ladies we hope you've had fun today listening it's uh, it's a good one you know we've got to get in touch with our bodies and this is a great way to do so um if you love what we're doing please go on to our facebook which is facebook.com forward slash the wellness women um click like so you can join into our groups there and if you really do love these episodes each week please don't hesitate go onto google give us a five-star rating um sorry on itunes i should say and uh feel free to share this with your girlfriends as well because it's something we think every woman needs to get in tune with and it doesn't matter how old or how young you are it's it's never too late to learn new things so please get in touch with your breasts this week have a really wonderful week um (laughs) yours in the breast of health (laughs) <laughs> what else could we do? We've done enough, oh, we've done done enough no puns. Fun, yeah. We've done enough funny jokes for today, haven't we? We've, we've given all out the quirky facts. Is there anything else you want to add before we say goodbye?
1: No, no. I think that's great, Ash. Um, ladies, we we would love to hear if you have any particular breast rituals that you love. If there's any particular type of bra that is really supportive for breast health that you know about, we would so love that information. So please post it on social media for us. Um, communicate with us there. But until next week, be well